0: Hey, good morning, everyone. Isn't Pastor Cass doing such a great job? And isn't he beautiful? That is, a, that is one handsome man. And let, <laughs> 50. <laughs> and he says, still, he came out of there sweating. He's like, you've got to tell him that's not my best thing. He goes, you're going to get it. I said, you're going to get it. You just keep on trying. You're going to be good at it by the time you're done. It is all good. Hey, how many know that we are all prepa- uh, practicing and preparing? We're all growing, Right. Right? Yeah, there we go. Goodness, if if our if our if our ideology is everything has to be perfect, then we're we're we are jacked up, <laughs> because it, it, that's that's where religion starts to set in. We are growing. We are growing. We are utilizing our gifts and our talents and our abilities for the sake of His purpose, His kingdom, His glory, and as we'll see today, His church. I do want to announce to you that next week, just to kind of gear you up, next week. Pastor Cass will be announcing to you that we are launching our tribe season, our tribe launch season. What that means is, Samuel, that it's not our kickoff for our tribes. That's going to happen the 19th of September. That's small groups. We call uh, uh, small groups Thrive Tribes. Uh, We feel like that's the most biblical model. There was 12 tribes of (laughs) of Hebrew, Hebrew children, but... The 29th, we are going to have a dinner at 6 p.m. for everyone who is interested in leading a tribe, uh, hosting a tribe, or let me put it this way, you have a group of people that you already hang out with, and if you want to learn how to bring some spiritual influence into that group, I don't care if they play golf, if they, if they do tattoos, if, they, if, they, if you go fishing, if you do disc golf, whatever it is, you are already in a group. You have a group of people that you hang out with. Here's the deal. If you're a believer, we ought to learn how to add some spiritual influence, Christ's spiritual influence into that group. And if you're willing to do that and lead in that way, because that's all leadership is in influence. And if people listen when you talk, you are an influencer. If they show up because you invite them, then you are influencing their lives. So I want to invite you personally to a dinner. We are having August 29th at 6 p.m. right outside, right out front. But there will be a registration, and you will need to register so we know how many fajitas you're going to eat. Is that a deal? All right. We we come. We come correct. All right. So then next, uh, in two weeks, we're going to have our ministry training day and that is not for people who are currently in the ministry or people who are uh, on staff it is it's for everybody ministry training day is going to be from 9am to 3pm it's for the guy who is sitting around who meets pe- new people and all of a sudden there's a compassion or a desire or that you see that this person has a need and you're in that place you're like i wish i knew what to say in this situation that's you you this is for you Maybe you're in one of those places where you start to feel, and I'm going to use worldly terms, an intuition towards something whenever you're encountering a situation or a circumstance or a people group or a person, and that God is showing you some things and you don't know what to do with that, this ministry training is for you. Or maybe you want, don't know what to do when someone starts talking about the issue uh, that they need healing, or they need prayer for something, and it has to, and it has to do with physical, emotional, uh, mental healing. And you're like, well, man, we need to call a priest or something. No, ministry training is for you. September, tw- I mean, October, August, August twenty-first from nine to three. I really want you to show up, be there for that. We're gonna serve breakfast and lunch. You're on your own for dinner. Get out of here. We gotta to go too. So nine to three p.m. August twenty-one. Mark your calendars. Today, I would like for you to ask. We are launching out our twenty-one days of prayer, and we'll talk about that at the end of this service. We are we are asking you though to pray over uh, the freedom conference. That's tomorrow Tuesday and Wednesday. Tomorrow Tuesday and Wednesday. I prefer that you come, that you attend, that you find freedom, continue your freedom walk, your freedom journey with us. We're gonna kick off with snacks at 5:30, a little bit light foods, and then we're gonna kick it off with worship at 6 p.m. and we'll have you out of here by 9 p.m. each night. Now I encourage you to come. I encourage you to be a part of it, but if you can't come, I do encourage you to please pray for us, pray for the people that are that are speaking, pray for the worship teams, pray for those who are uh, encountering freedom as there are registrants, as there are people who are experiencing freedom, pray for them. And then lastly, if you know, man, I I can't make it the whole night in freedom, uh, but I want to serve and would you come and help us between 5 and 6.15, help us with hospitality, greeting, giving high fives, and maybe holding a sign in the parking lot, maybe serving a, a, a meal to somebody as they come in, to just set the atmosphere for people to find freedom themselves. And so all you got to do is show up. There's nothing to register for that. Just show up. And so, like I said, I'm going to talk a little bit more about our 21 days of prayer that starts today, starts today. Uh, right after this, this, uh, this message. And so we are in our, our series called Metamorphosis. Last week we talked about this idea of a caterpillar going through transformation called metamorphosis in the pupa and then into uh, what it's created to be, to do what it's created to do, to make a difference, to pollinate and reproduce. And so a butterfly understands that. Like it's geared towards those things. If it does anything different, then it wouldn't make sense because it wouldn't be fulfilling its calling, its purpose, and it wouldn't be doing what it was created to do. I hope you know where I'm going. But Scripture says that we are the old has gone, and behold, the new has come, and therefore a transformation, a metamorphosis must take place. And there's things that do begin the process of taking place once we truly receive Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. The DNA, the blood that, that, that covered Jesus on the cross becomes our DNA. It covers us. It washes us clean. And though in our minds we feel unclean or we feel like the old person, we pop off like the old person would do. We smart off. We say words that the old person would say, well... One, that's where freedom comes in, but that's the process of metamorphosis that most of the believers are in. The goal is that we begin to connect to our purpose and then begin to truly make a difference in this world. And that's where we're going, and that's what I want to reveal to you today, because Scripture says this, one, we have to discover our design in order to do that, and we need to discover our gifts in order to discover our design. Because scripture says in Ephesians 4:11 and 4:12 it says now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church the apostles the prophets the pastors the evangelists and the teachers is for the equipping of the saints their responsibility thank you their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church which is the body of Christ. Our whole role as, st- as leaders, as staff, is to equip God's people. Who is God's people? Are you God's people? Are you saved? If you're saved today, raise your hand. I just want to know where my lost people are. Okay, I got two lost people in the middle. And not, okay, oh no, they just got saved. Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Will they ever be rejoicing in heaven over the two lost people that just got saved today? Hallelujah. Their responsibility, it says the responsibility, our responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and to build up the church. Do you know it's not God's desire that his church be built up? And do you know who's responsible for building the church? Everybody just raised their hand. That's shocking, isn't it? For so long, we've lived the other way, that it's the pastor's job to build the church, that it's the, the apostles, the priests, whatever your background is, the pope's job to build it. No. Jesus says, it's your job. Now, I, I, my main role is up here, I'm, I'm pastoring or I'm teaching, but I'm moving to a different role. Up here, I'm, I'm equipping you. But when I, when I come down and I'm in, the, I'm in the world like you're in the world, I begin to function as the body of Christ. I begin to function as the people who are called to do his work. I wear a hat up here that is to equip you. But when I come off of here and I'm out and I'm doing life, now I'm here to build up his church. And I'm going to show you how we have different gifts. And the purpose of those are to develop and to grow not only one another but his church. And so number one, we need to figure out, what are my gifts and my passions? Because God uses your passions and your gifts. Let me say it another way. In fact, God gave you the passions that you have that you think are yours so that he could move you through experiences and desires and a quest and an awakening so you can discover the gifts that he's given you or use those so that you can be a world changer. However, many people, most of the world, is are using the passions for their own kingdom, and they're using his giftings for their own desires. Because it all comes from God. Romans twelve six says this, We have different gifts according to the grace given us. If a man's gift is prophesying, let him use it in proportion to his faith. Not above his faith, because that would be a fleshly prophetic word. But use it according to his faith, and when we use anything God has given us according to the faith, and it seems that it works out. Guess what? Faith increases, and so the measure of that gift begins to increase as well. You'll learn more about that in August twenty-one. Let him use it in proportion to his faith. If it is serving, let him serve. I was at a dinner last night in a room full of pastors for celebrating a sixty-year-old, uh, a birthday of a, one of a, a six, one man turning, a pastor turning sixty years old. One of the pastors at our table kept saying. Pastor, you can't can't not serve, can you? You can't just sit there. When I see a need and I see people coming in, I want to greet the people. I want to go and help somebody. I want to make life easier for those who are serving because I realize there's not enough help. In fact, it's a joy for me to serve others. It becomes a joy when I'm using my gifts for the sake of others. He says, let him serve. If it is teaching, let him teach. Amen for the teachers. If it is encouraging, let him encourage. We need some encouragement around here. People need encouragement. If it is in contributing to the needs of others, let him give generously. You know there are people who are not able to attend this church. They are on our GO team. They are are those who give generously. They watch online or they, they catch it up on a videocast, a podcast, but they still give generously to this church. Why? So that you can grow and you can be, your needs may be met. And guess what happens in the kingdom? Their needs are met wherever they are. Faith looks nothing like logic. If it is leadership, let him govern diligently. You'll see me in the middle of the week. When I'm, I'm up here, I'm pastoring and teaching, but in the middle of the week, oh, it's all leadership. Oh, we've got things to do. We've got things to organize. We got to get going. There, there is an urgency for the kingdom of God, and we can't sit around twiddling our thumbs. Leadership. If it is showing mercy, let him do it cheerfully. You know what cheerfully looks like. Some people use that mercy. Get like, oh Lord, have mercy. Oh, this person has a need, and i got to go over there and do this. i got to go talk to them. Oh, No, that's a gift that God has given you, and you have a desire. You don't have to. You get to, and God designed you with the passion. You just need to realize it's not about you, and it's about him. And then when we realize it's about him, we become fruitful, and his joy is in us, and our joy is complete. And so we look like this. Y'all lighten up. Number two, my, my life experiences. God uses. Our experiences. He uses the negative experiences that you've had. He uses the positive experiences. He uses the vacations that you've been on. He uses your international travel. He uses mission trips. He uses those moments that you never expected, the traumatic moments. He uses the blessed moments. He uses all of those moments and the passions and the giftings. And he's molding, he's molding this unique individual within you because he's created you for destiny. He's created you for purpose and he's taking you through all of these scenarios. And once you find freedom from the issues, the troubles, and the problems, and the struggles from the past, all of a sudden, you start to develop this desire, this urging, this longing, this, this 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 need to fulfill something that's inside, but you can't quite diagnose what this thing is because God is working something inside of you. You literally have been in training your entire life. In fact, you're in training right now. And it. And you're going you're gonna to stay with the same face and without this face until you start to realize that Scripture says that we rejoice in our trial. And it's only, and in twice it in Romans 5, 3 through 5 and James 1, he says to rejoice in your trial. And it's only in the rejoicing in your trial that you discover perseverance, proven character, and hope because God is looking to use a people who are willing to persevere, that are willing to be steadfast in their faith, and they're willing to endure the tough times but can only be his way. It can't be with a sourpuss face. It's got to be with a, hey, I don't know what's going on, all hell's breaking loose. But God has got an answer to this. It's when, that, when we discover that, we discover that he will pr- provide all of our needs according to his riches and glory. It is, it is when we discover he will take care of my stuff as long as I'm taking care of his stuff. I don't have to focus on mine. If I focus on his, he will take care of mine. It looks nothing like logic. He's given us this logical mind so that we overcome it by faith according to his word. He's given us passions to use his gifts. He's using experiences that we focus on our experiences. But if we'd, re- if we'd focus on the kingdom rather than our problems, we'll be able to bring kingdom into the problem. When we bring kingdom into the problem, problems get resolved. Romans 12:1, the message says: So here's what I want you to do: God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, and you're walking around life. Everything that you do on a normal basis, would you just place it before God as an offering? Lord, this is so boring. (laughs) My normal, boring, ordinary life. I know that I'm made for way more than this, but yet here you have me. And if you'll do that, And if you'll really commit in your heart, but Lord, I want everything that you have for me. I want everything that you have created me to fulfill. I want to walk in the destiny. I want to discover the purpose that you have for my life. Whatever that looks like, I want to be used for your glory. He says, and and just embrace what God does for you. That's the best thing you can do for him. How can I bring glory to God? Jesus says, be fruitful. Be fruitful. And whenever I'm being fruitful and I bring a glory, I'm glorifying my Father, then his joy is in me. And then it don't matter what's going on, I'm full of joy because I'm fulfilling, I'm bringing a glory to the Father, I'm being fruitful, and his joy is in me. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And when, a joy, when his joy is in me and I'm filled with joy, all of a sudden stuff just starts to happen for me. And when it doesn't happen, it don't matter. I'm not shaken by it because I know who I'm here to glorify and who I'm here to bring fruit two and number 3 he does this my pain he uses my pain my most my most great my greatest hurts my greatest insecurities my weaknesses my failures my shortcomings everything that i read as a script that says here's why i can't he uses that and he just flips it on us 2 Corinthians 1, 3, and 4 says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. He comforts us in not some of our troubles. He comforts us in all of our troubles. Why? So that we can be comfortable? Oh, no. No. Oh, no, because once he comforts you, now you have a responsibility to use what he has given and done inside of you to go and comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. Can somebody say amen? Design reveals destiny. And We have to discover our design. You have been shaped on purpose. The things that you have, been, you have gone through may, may have not been by his design, but they, have, they are bringing purpose out of you. He is working all things together for those who love him and are called according, according to his purpose, and you are called according to his purposes. The switch on this thing is his and not your own. Psalms, uh, sorry, we gotta discover our gifts. We need to develop our gifts. And even better than use, we need to deploy our gifts. Because when I, when I go through this process and I realize there's gifts and there's passions inside of me, I don't know what to do with that. There's this longing and this urgency, but I'm so, so frustrated because I don't know what to do. Well, I need to discover And it's in the doing that I begin, I begin to discover. And all of a sudden, when I discover my gifts and I'm doing the things that I'm passionate about, all of a sudden, I love doing this. Yes, because you were designed to do it. You're finally discovering so that you can develop And as you develop, you get better, and all of a sudden, as you're developing what God has given you that you've discovered, and you start to deploy it for the sake of others and not for your own, all of a sudden, God gives you more gifts, and there's more to discover. There's more in him, because you begin to go down this rabbit hole of faith, where he begins to open up things to you, and scenarios to you, and abilities to you, and awakenings to you, that you never would have discovered if you had not gone on that initial discovery and developing intentionally for the sake of his kingdom, and then deploying those things this is the process of metamorphosis when you go from an asp to a butterfly you know why it's funny about an asp because they they sting you they hurt they're prickly and I know there's no Christians that have ever heard anybody been stingy sting anybody even prickly right We go through this process of metamorphosis so that we can connect to our purpose, so that we can make a difference. But we need to know Jesus. We need to find freedom. We gotta intentionally discover, we gotta intentionally develop, and we gotta intentionally use or deploy those gifts that God has given us as a design for us to use. Can you imagine? Can you imagine creating something and it never works? According to its intended purposes. How frustrating it would be for a craftsman, craftsperson to create something, to do something, yet it never does, it never can fulfill its design, even though you know it should work this way. How frustrating. That would be Psalms 139, 13 14 says, you made all the delicate parts, inner parts of my body and knit me together in my mother's womb. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. What is God's workmanship? I'm glad you asked. Ephesians 2.10 says this, for we are his workmanship, we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus. Why were we created? Y'all don't want to answer that one, do you? Why were we created? Dang, it's really short. Why were we created? For good works, which God prepared beforehand. Why? So we should be comfortable. So we should sit still. So we should not engage. Shows you we should make excuses as to why we don't do. No. So that we should walk in them, them being the good works, because we are his workmanship. We are created for this very purpose right here. And everything that is unsatisfying, unfulfilling, and undesirable is outside of this right here, because this is exactly why you have been created. And it has nothing to do with me. It has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with getting over yourself in your process of metamorphosis so that you can be who God designed you to be. In fact, you weren't created with, on accident. You were not an accident. I don't care how you were created. There was a work for this branch of eternity that needed to be done. And then God said, how can I form somebody? Who can I form to do that work? And then he created you. You were created for that good work. That good work was not created for you. This is a, You're a square peg in a round hole until you discover what your work is. Boy, I'm just trying to, Somebody help me. My purpose is to serve God by serving others. Every one of us have the same purpose. It is about serving other people, and when we serve other people, we are fruitful, and we are glorifying the Father, and we are showing the world that Jesus actually does exist, so I want to take you through this little discovery process. Does everybody have these sheets that you sh- should have been given as you came in? If you don't, would you raise your hand? There's people right behind you standing down your, on your back. Here we go. Look at some people that didn't, do not have those. If you would. And I want to give you an example. If you would put your name, and there's a, there's a pen in the seat back in front of you. If you'll put your name and phone number there. We want to just make sure we have the correct con, con, uh, contact information. But metanoia, when we talk about this idea of repentance, it's not just going the other way. You were going this way, now I go the other way. No, it's literally changing the process of how you think. And another another definition of that is to change your purpose. Because so many of us are still living the purpose as we lived before we were saved. Let me say it this way. It's not about your purpose anymore. It's about his purpose for you. And in the process of repentance, metanoio, you're changing the reason why you live. And until you discover why you exist, you will never feel fulfilled. You can bury addiction. You can you can bury habits. You can you can bury you can bury. Everything that you use down inside of it, but it will never fulfill you because it never was designed to fulfill you. You were designed to be fulfilled by discovering, developing, and deploying the gifts because of the passions and experiences to serve him, to serve his kingdom by serving others. That's your design. And as we go through this, if you'll put it on the answer sheet, I want to give you an example of how to answer these. You don't don't answer them across like this. We're answering them one, two, three, four. So on the left-hand column, as I read the questions, you're going to answer down, going down. Then you'll start at the top when we get to number 25. The answer, the red here, is an example of the answer you might put. One would be almost never. Two would be sometimes. And three, almost always always so if I read question number one and your answer is sometimes then you would put a two and we're gonna work down the line and then I'll tell you what to do next all right do we have the questions number one is this I like organizing service services and events so you would mark one two or three I like organizing. If you have any questions, there's people right behind you that'd love to help you. Just raise your hand, and they'll come right around you and help you to discover your gifts. Number two is this. I am interested in starting new churches. One, two, or three. Almost never, sometimes, almost always. Don't overthink it. Whatever the first the first number is that comes to your mind. You know that's what it is. Number three is this I enjoy working with my hands. Oh, yeah. I hear the guys like, yeah. Number four, I can tell when someone is insincere. I hear the ladies like, yeah. Number five, I pray daily for people who don't know Jesus. Number six, Encouraging others is a high priority in my life. Come on, encouragers. Number seven, I trust God to provide for my daily needs. Number eight, I am passionate about financially investing in the kingdom of God. Number nine, I look for opportunities to pray for the sick. Number 10. I enjoy doing little things that others typically do not enjoy. Number 11, I often have people over to my house. Number 12, I enjoy spending hours in prayer for other people. Number 13, education is very important to me. Number 14, I tend to motivate others to get involved. Fifteen, I hurt when I see others hurting. I believe God will use me to enact his miracles. I believe God will use me to enact his miracles. Number 17, I enjoy sharing the gospel with other people, groups, and nationalities. Number 18, I've devoted considerable time to mastering my voice and or musical instruments. Number 19, caring for the hurting is one of my highest priorities. Number twenty, I get frustrated when people knowingly sin. Number twenty one, I enjoy serving behind the scenes. Number twenty two, I like creating outlines of the Bible. Twenty three. God has used me to interpret what someone speaking in tongues is saying. Number 24, I enjoy the book of Proverbs more than any other book in the Bible. Number 25, I am passionate about managing details. Number 26, I like to help start new ministry projects. 27, I consider myself a craftsman or craftswoman. Number 28, I sense when situations are spiritually unhealthy. 29, I am greatly motivated by seeing people who don't know God be saved. Number 30, I come across as loving and caring. Number 31, asking god for a list of seemingly impossible things is exciting to me 32 i find ways to give offerings above my tithe 33 i believe miracles miraculous healing is possible and still happens 34 helping others is one of my greatest motivations 35. Creating a warm and welcoming environment is important to me. 36. I am burdened to pray for situations affecting the world. 37. People come to me to learn more about God and the Bible. 38. I prefer to take the lead whenever possible. 39, I'm very sensitive to sad stories. 40, miracles, miracles often happen when I'm nearby. 41, the idea of living in another country to benefit the gospel is exciting for me. Number 42, I desire to serve the church through worship. Forty-three, I enjoy connecting, caring for, and coaching others. Forty-four, confronting someone about a sin in their life is important to me. Forty-five, it bothers me when people sit around and do nothing. Amen to that. Woo! Raise your hand if you put one. No, I Forty-six, I share biblical truth with others to help them grow. 47. I pray in tongues daily. 48. When I study Scripture, I receive unique insights from God. 49. Creating a task list is easy and enjoyable for me. 50. I am attracted to ministries that start new churches. 51. Building something with my hands is very satisfying to me. 52, I can pinpoint issues or problems quickly. Not that you're judgmental. Not that you're critical. 53, sharing the gospel with someone I do not know is exciting and natural for me. 54, I look for ways to encourage other people. Fifty-five, I trust that God has my back in every situation. Fifty-six, I want to make more money so that I can give more. Fifty-seven, God has used me to bring healing to those who are sick. Fifty-eight, being a part of the process is fulfilling to me. Fifty-nine, I tend to make total strangers feel at home. Sixty, people often ask me to pray for them. Sixty-one, I enjoy knowing biblical details and helping others understand them too. Sixty-two, I delegate responsibilities to accomplish tasks. Sixty-three, I am motivated to help people in need. Sixty-four, I have a constant hunger to see God's miraculous power. Sixty-five, I focus a lot on reaching the world for Christ. Sixty-six, I gain my deepest satisfaction through leading others in vocal or instrumental worship. Sixty-seven, I enjoy helping people who are going through a a difficult time. Sixty-eight, I enjoy hearing passionate and clear preaching of God's Word. Sixty-nine, I like to do small things that others overlook. Seventy, I prefer to teach and study the Bible topically rather than verse by verse. Seventy-one, praying in tongues is encouraging and important to me. 72 when faced with difficulty I tend to make wise decisions. So as you've answered those now we're going to work from left to right to take to put to mark your answers down. So if so one, as you look across your columns it will say 1 25 49 and then an A. So if you'll do the math it's not calculus your lowest answer would be 3 and your highest would be 9. Anything outside of that? Think through it. So in this example, if I marked 2 for my answer for number 1 and 3 for my answer 25 and 1 for my answer 49, 2 plus 3 plus 1 equals 6. And I would go line for line, doing the math, adding up my answers, and then marking them next to the appropriate letter. And if you'll just give me a thumbs up as you've answered all of them, and you got all your answers across the board, and you got all your totals, that's good, we're doing good. Just a few more minutes. Come on, Samuel, don't overthink it. Three, two, one, three, and three. Help a brother out over there. <laughs> He's handsome, though, like his daddy. So from here, if you will, take your answer sheet, rip it off of your, your staple. You're going to keep the using your spiritual gifts page pages. And as you, as you look in your column of your answer sheet and your nines and eight, the sums of nines and eights, if you'll go in to this page that says 33 at the bottom, says using your spiritual gifts, if you will circle the letters that appropriate with, that are according to the, the words. So for example, see if I'm going to circle my eight, then I would come over here to this sheet and circle craftsmanship. So wherever you have an eight and a nine on your answer sheet, you will go over and you will, to the other pages, and you will circle your gifts that are according to your eights and nines. And those will be identified by the alphabet that's beside your answers, and they're beside the appropriate gifting. And you want to do this because we're going to keep your spiritual gifts. We're going to receive those from you. Your answer sheet as you exit, why it's important for you to have your name on there and your number, We want to help you understand, discover, develop, and deploy your giftings so that you will live a fulfilled life. Kevin, Bill would like your help right there. Okay, so once you have that and you have your you can keep circling, don't stop because I'm 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 talking. But if you've circled all of your 9s and 8s and you have your your sheet over here and if you're depressed and you're like I only have sevens, circle your 7. Do, do the ones your 7. I just sorry healing just came over the whole room freedom like the spirit of rejection just left this place right i was only a seven it's okay god's working on you he's gonna he's gonna grow that within you don't be depressed don't be anxious don't be feel like maybe i don't have any giftings i have no purpose in life listen that's that's from satan right there that is from satan you are purposeful you are purposely made that's for sure But as you read your gifts, let's say it was craftsmanship. Well, let's, let's go to administration. It's the first. It says the gift of administration. If I had an eight or a nine in this column of A, then I would have circled administration. And it says the gift of administration is the divine strength or ability to organize multiple tasks and groups of people to accomplish these tasks. Now, underneath that, you'll see where these giftings are in use in Scripture, that's the beauty of this, but then here as well, as you as you discover right underneath that, it shows the ministries that we have in Thrive Community Church, where these gifts, if they are deployed, then you're able to develop them. They cause you to feel like you're in your flow the most within these ministries. For example, administration, kids check in, media, setup and takedown of any any kind of events that we have. If I have a gift of administration, then I love taking on those tasks, organizing them, making sure they're excellent. It fulfills me. And so when kids check in at the media, at the media booth where you're, where you're seeing all these words and all this, the writing and the verbs and the worship songs, you're like, man, I, I, I could do that. That's that, that just, I love doing that. Not everyone is created like you. Then there's many of you who are like, I can't stand doing that. You're not created to do that, but there are people that actually love doing that. And there are some that, like, I can't stand delegating tasks, but I love tasks being delegated. I love the process of things because you are uniquely created for that. Your passions are locked inside of that. Your giftings provide the way, that the flow, the mechanics, the, the tools that you need to fulfill that passion. And then God uses the experiences from life past, present, and the things he'll even take you to in the future to begin to unearth and take you on this discovery of the big picture of why you were even created. The the things that you would, if I were doing this in this scenario, I feel like I'm just in my flow. Or if you have ever thought, man, when I do this, I just love it. That's because it's your passion that God has given you And you're utilizing the gifts that he has given you. Now, here's the purpose behind it. God didn't give it to you just so that you can do it and do it well. He gave it to you so that you would do it serving others, building the body up, the church, as we saw in Scripture, to bring glory to his name. That's the catch. That's the catch that every one of us go through in the process of metamorphosis and getting over ourselves because I enjoy doing it when it's all about me. Oh, I man, I, I, mean, I got to do, do, serve others and bring others into the picture, and I got to do Oh, man. But that's why you were created. And until you start to realize and start doing that, you'll realize that when you start, wow, I, this is fulfilling seeing other people's lives changed. It is fulfilling seeing people get to know the real Jesus. It is fulfilling seeing freedom, seeing the bondages of people's past come off of their life, and then I get to be a part of that. You see, that that's what's going on all across this room, all across this building, and even before, before you guys even enter into this space. There are people that come up and one prays over every seat at 6 a.m. in the morning. There are people that are coming in to pray, pray over the service. There are people in the parking lot that are getting ready for the people who, as you come in. There are people at the doors that are opening the doors with a smile, so glad to see you. There are people at hospitality and, and cafes setting up this atmosphere, this environment that's conducive for you to feel warm and loved and, and, and feel like, oh, man, I just feel like people care around me. you do because there's people who are utilizing their gift of hospitality to serve you way, where, well before you even realize it. Then there's people in the kids' ministry that are serving their little hearts out, using their teaching gifts so that they can serve your children for the sake of His glory, for His kingdom, so that you as parents can come in here and receive from Him as well. So that, hopefully, one day, you'll connect to purpose because you realize you do have giftings and there are passions inside of you and that you, you are created for the good works which God created you for, you for beforehand. It's this cycle effect of, wait a minute, this isn't an accident? No, it's all on purpose. And you're on purpose. And you're created on purpose. And your purpose is in discovering your gifts, your passions, your experiences as you find freedom. And then you find an area of ministry that you serve other people, bringing glory to his name. And you'll never experience fulfillment until you're serving other people because that's exactly why you were created. That's why we feel complacent. That's why we feel like life just doesn't add up. Like I I don't even know why I even exist. That's where depression comes in. That's where suicidal thoughts come in. That's where anxiety comes in. And listen, there's there's not an amount of Xanax that can help you through that. All they do is sedate you until you finally come around and discover what your purpose is. In this process, as you're going through this discovery, you're, you're, I'm thinking even some of you are realizing, wait a minute, I didn't realize this was a gift, but it's a gift. I didn't realize that this is why I even exist, but this is why you exist. I didn't realize that this passion was on purpose, but that passion was on purpose. You are not an accident. This is not an accident. And this is why we needed to go through a process of discovery so that we can develop and then begin to deploy the giftings that God has given us, serving others for his kingdom. Because that, that is when the gaps that you may see or criticize that are in the church or in your workplace or in your family, when you start to develop and deploy the gifts that he has given you, You'll feel rewarded because his joy will be in you and your joy will be complete. I want to pray for you on the the way as you go out. I want to ask that you leave those answer sheets with the people at the door because we want to connect with you and help you to understand more your unique design. But our 21 days of prayer is coming. It starts today. I want to encourage you with your phone. You can download this QR code. You can... You can download the the prayer guide and the scripture reading that's inside of it or you you just grab this card by the giving drop box on your way out. Grab this card. It has our reading guide on it and it has all 21 days of prayer, the readings, the scriptures that come along with that. And we're gonna send out to you the prayer points to encourage you to pray along with us. Pray along with us during the 21 days of prayer. Be in the word on a track that we're going through corporately together, reading these verses each day, these chapters each day. When we do that, when we do it together, there's a sense of unity, a spirit of of wholehearted coming togetherness that all of a sudden God begins to show us things corporately, united together, things that we may not have otherwise seen together. You're going to see what I'm showing you, oh, I'm telling you whenever you start to experience it. But when a church comes together in community and corporate prayer, breakthrough takes place. When we begin to pray in the same direction, this sends a tidal wave, a tidal wave of spiritual warfare into this climate. And I'm telling you, starting tomorrow, there is going to, be this, there's going to be some bulldozing of the gates of hell in this place. When we start to talk about freedom and helping people through their freedom process, we are talking about getting rid of strongholds that Satan has once been accustomed to taking, to taking on. And he doesn't like losing his ground. But we're going to extend the kingdom of God in this place, in the, in, the, in the area, the territory of people's lives and their souls. And I'm telling you, there is going to be a powerful awakening this week. And when you guys come in, if you didn't get to experience it, you're going to see worship like you've never seen before. Because people just start coming alive. Because where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And you're going to experience that in a way you've never understood before. So I want to encourage you to stay on the track with us. Pray with us. Cover the people in prayer during the 21 days of prayer and during the Freedom Conference. We love you guys. Remember, just leave your answer sheets at the door as you go out. There will be people there receiving those from you. And I'm hoping that God gave you some insight in the discovery and I'm praying even that as you eat, go away, as you're at lunch, as you're going into your prayer time, as you're going to sleep tonight, that he begins to encourage you to develop the very things that he's created you with.